Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. All right, you've got a big presentation coming or you're going to be leading a meeting. Maybe you've got a difficult conversation and you want to feel more confident. How do you do that? Well, in this episode, we are going to be speaking about how neuroscience can help us. All right, what is neuroscience? Basically, it's understanding our brain and nervous system and its effect on our behaviors and cognitive abilities. And in this episode, we're going to learn ways to have more control over your thoughts and not vice versa. Because confidence means learning how to train your brain to grow, to be challenged. And this is pivotal to building new levels of confidence. Also, as we find out in this episode, your brain doesn't know the difference between real and imaginary. So we're going to look at real ways to create the memories that you need to support your confidence for those spotlight moments. And who better to help us than our guest today, Diane Crawford, who is the Chief Operating Officer at The Voyage, Inc. And prior to starting her own company, Diane has held several senior leadership positions in the financial services industry. And she's managed her own startup to directing a team of over 400. Diane is a regular presenter and speaks uh, as an example above neuroscience and confidence at the Human Capital Institute conferences in the US. And currently is leading a EU-sponsored program for African women leaders. Now, as you listen to this episode, a reminder, if you have a question or a comment for the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, then send us an email at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. Again, podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. And don't forget to subscribe. You don't want to miss our upcoming episodes, Getting Started with Business Storytelling, behaviors of leadership, soft skills and virtual reality, and our four-part series on presentation skills. All right, let's start this episode as Diane Crawford shares the ways that we can use our brains and the circle of confidence to feel more prepared for that next challenge. Let's meet Diane. Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Diane, it is so great to have you on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. We are talking about such an interesting and different topic than our normal uh, topics on the show, which is neuroscience. And we're going to focus on neuroscience and confidence uh, and how they're related. Uh, really interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated to learn more about this. And as, as I'm sure our listeners are about how we can use neuroscience to feel more confident or be more confident in these situations. Uh, but first, let's start with with you, Diane, because as we look at as we heard of your bio, your background is is in leadership and you've been a leader. Uh, I didn't see that you are a neuroscientist. So where where did the attraction come towards neuroscience? How did this happen? Well, you know, it's it's an interesting story. I I am not a neuroscientist. I'm not a scientist at all. I'm a I'm a people leader, a people developer, and my interest in the brain came uh, from you know eavesdropping on my my husband accidentally. <laughs> so. His background is he um, he's, has his PhD in pathology, and mm. in his uh, in his medical practice he specialized in treating concussions. But mm. he was also very active in research, and so I would hear him on conference calls talking to um, other you know doctors and researchers and people like that about the brain, 
And he'd get off the phone and I'd say, you know, I'd hear something like, you know, the optic nerve being 80% of the brain. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought the eye was what you saw with. And he's like, no, you see with your brain. And, and then I'd hear him talk about, well, you know, someone was malnourished and or under, you know, under hydrated, and it impacted their brain. I'm like, what are you talking about? How does water impact your brain? And he'd explain it to me, and how exercise impacts your brain. And I, I kept saying to him, it's like, why don't I know this? Right. How did I get to this point in my life and not understand how my brain worked? And so I learned a lot from him and read books. And then I said, you know what, my teams need to know this. So when mm. I was still in the corporate world, I had about 400 staff. And, and so I would use him as a free resource, come in mm. and, and talk to my teams about their brains and, and um, you know, and really living a healthier life, nutrition, mm. all those things that impact the brain. And then we, I, at that point, I just worked part-time in my business, which is leadership training and, and was speaking at conferences. And, and I started to think about bringing this into the topics that I talked about, right? Which were yeah. things like employee engagement and productivity. And, and so I got my husband to be a co-speaker with me. And we, we spoke all over the States uh, about neuroscience and the impact that it has um, in various parts of, of the corporate world, as well as on our employees. So this, this is fascinating. So you're, you're, you're seeing the, what all the brain controls are, our, our habits, our behaviors, and the impact that it has, um, and how exercise, for example, has an impact on our brain. What compelled you now? Because, you know, it's all interesting, but something must have compelled you to go, okay, this is, I really think there's value in this. Well, it, it started with just talking to staff and, you know, the feedback that we'd get from individuals that would come up, up to my husband after we spoke and the impact. Like one of my values is making a difference. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm also a lifelong learner. And I thought if I've learned this stuff and I find it fascinating, others probably will. And we found that when we started speaking for uh, the Human Capital Institute, the first time we spoke was you know, neuroscience, learning about your brain. And then they say, can you come again and talk about something else? And, you know, but keep the neuroscience in it. So the demand was there. And that was 10 years ago. And of course, um, today, you know, there's books being written every day. There's a new book on neuroscience because we're starting to understand that the brain and the nervous system impacts everything about us. So, of course, it impacts how we are in, in the workplace. Right, right. Uh, and so thinking about that, and, and it is because it is fascinating. There's so there's so little that we know about the brain. And, and what I'm understanding is, is you're sharing all, all that that's going on there. I mean, what is it about neuroscience and the brain? I mean, is it is it a chemical process? Like what what is it? So it's interesting. Um, neuroscience used to be just simply about biology. And then mm -hmm. it's really expanded from that. But one of the most dramatic things um, that I learned was that thoughts are just chemical processes. And so, you know, learning about the, the cellular activity and neural pathways and neuroplasticity, all these words that, that we hear, yeah, that's interesting. But the thought, the idea that a thought is just chemicals just blew my mind. So if it's chemicals, I can change it. 
And, you know, so the idea that the brain doesn't really know anything, the brain is, is just an organ and we can manage how it reacts to us by the inputs that we give it. So, you know, one of the things around the brain is, you know, we can fool it. We can, mm. we can tell it things. And, you know, we think our brain is telling us, but we can right. also tell our brains things. So we, when we understand how it works, we get more power over our reactions. Yeah, that, you know what, now, now this makes a lot of sense to me because I remember uh, someone saying to me that the brain doesn't know the difference between real or imaginary. And they gave the example about um, running me through a scenario where you, you, that, you know, then you sort of open this juicy lemon and you see it and your eyes are closed and you, you take a bite of it and you're just imagining this. And what happens, of course, is your, your face puckers up, but also you build up an enormous amount of saliva. But mm -hmm. I didn't actually eat a lemon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So your brain has all of the old information, you know, so mm -hmm. that your brain knows what a lemon smells like and, and tastes like and all of those things, and it knows how to react. So as you're feeding these pieces of information in, it is reacting as if it's happening. And mm -hmm. so that, that brings up the idea of fear, right? You know, so you watch a scary story, you know, it's a movie, you know, it's not right. happening to you, but you have the physical reaction sometimes as if it does. You scream in a movie theater. Yeah. Why would you scream? You're in a movie theater. <laughs> right. But it's because your brain is getting information and it's processing it like it's real. Right. It's so it's so engrossed in it. It doesn't it's not able to, to detach itself or we're not able to tell our brain not happening. Just a movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in, in, a few, in a few minutes, I'll be in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. But we can tell our brain different mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is where the idea of even stopping our brain from thinking, you know, mindfulness, the idea of of measured breathing. If if something's going on and you just say, take a breath, you know, someone will say, Hey, mm -hmm. take a breath. You stop and take a breath. You're already resetting your brain right mm. there because your brain is like, you think of it as, as a locomotive, you know, going down right. a hill. And if you stop and take a breath, it has an, a moment to say, reset itself. And so it's, it's such a powerful, the brain is so powerful, but you also can, can train your brain to, right. to think differently. So you're putting your brain on pause when you're taking that breath, you're, you're resetting yes. it. Um, but I guess it's kind of like exercise. You were saying earlier that if you take a breath, you're giving some oxygen to your blood because often when you're in that panic or fearful situation, you're sort of not breathing properly. Yeah, and yeah. You're, so your brain's not getting enough oxygen. And, and you are saying before exercise was so important for your brain. Absolutely. So just the idea of, of filling your lungs with air and, you know, these are things I don't know, someone probably told me when I was a kid. But you know, the idea of bringing oxygen into your lungs, and then it gets, you know, into your heart, and through your blood. And, you know, and then you, you have energy from it, your brain gets more blood. And of course, your, your brain has blood circulating all the time. And so if you're breathing shallowly, and mm -hmm. tense, you know, the rest mm -hmm. of your body can't be performing well, you can't be thinking right, you know, especially when you're in fear, or anxiety, or any of those things. Um, you know, so the idea of mindfulness, and of course, I'm just a, a, a leadership development person and a coach. So don't, 
take what I'm saying about, you know, physiology and, and dealing with, you know, mental issues. There are professionals that do that. So sure. I just want to make sure that, sure. that boundary there, but just the idea of taking that breath and how mm -hmm. that can impact your brain or meditating for three minutes, you know, those kind of things, um, just pushing the reset button. Uh, it, it, it is, it's pushing the reset button and you, you know, um, Public speaking, of course, is is like the number one fear. Uh, mm -hmm. Dying is number two, but uh, number one is public speaking. And I think um, all of us, or especially leaders, when we have to you, go and speak publicly, uh, this is probably one of our big fears: is is all the things that could possibly go wrong. So even just taking, I think, as you're saying, even taking that thirty seconds or that minute before you go on to, you know, not look at your phone, not be distracted, and take a mm -hmm. few good deep breaths to to reset and make sure that your your heart and your lungs are and your brain is getting that that blood flow uh, is going to go a long way to be able to reset the brain. Um, and then I guess that leads us maybe now into the confidence situation. So. Uh, if these are all our fears, so how do we use this this uh, awareness now of our of our brain to help us with our confidence? So let's go back to fear for a moment. So fear mm -hmm. it can be an acronym for false evidence appearing real. So mm -hmm. you know if if the fear of public speaking is above the fear of death, it's like I haven't heard of many people dying of public speaking. It just feels like that sometimes. And right. you know, so it's like false evidence appearing real. Is this real? What's the worst thing that can happen? You know, mm -hmm. and yeah, so maybe my slides aren't going to work. You know, maybe I'm going to mispronounce someone's name. You know, all those things can happen chances are they're not going to. So it's understanding that that fear has such power over us. Mm -hmm. So how do we take the, the, the power away from fear? It's, you know, resetting the brain as you talked about that, um, uh, that taking a breath, but, you know, also you can talk to yourself, you know, like you mm -hmm. got this, you've done this a million times before, like that, that powerful self-talk. Because fear is often that inner critic popping up that gremlin that that we call mm. it um one of my clients calls it johnny right you know like this little guy mm -hmm. johnny telling me these things like that i'm i'm not going to be okay when i am and so i i have a, a tool that you can use when you're in that situation to to kind of push that reset button um okay. in a little more detail be, besides just taking a breath Right. And um, I call that the the circle of confidence. Okay. So, you know, to to bring yourself out of fear and into a place of confidence, you take your brain back um, to a time when you were very confident, when you really accomplished a task. And whether it's a small task or a big task, your brain doesn't know the difference. And so my story around that is a few years ago, my daughter called me up and she said, mom, we're going to do the run for the cure. And I said, honey, I don't run. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, it's a mother daughter thing. We're doing it. I've signed us up. And I said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm going to walk. She said, mom, it's called run for the cure. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, those of your parents, you know, you try to keep your kids happy. So I, I trained for this run. 
And the day of the run, we got there and we were late. They'd already started. And I'm like, okay, too bad. We can't do it. And she's like, no, run. And she started running. So I ran after her. And when I crossed that five kilometer finish line, that feeling that I had, I actually have right now as I'm telling you the story. And I feel confident and powerful. And it's like, Mm. I'm a runner. Mm. I'm not a great runner, right? But Mm. I did it, you know? And so when I think of, of a time when I'm afraid, I can go back to that moment and feel that confidence and apply it to the situation I'm in. And uh, it's not about running, right? It may be right. getting in front of people or, or you know, pitching a new client or, you know, uh, dealing with, with a, a serious issue in, in, you know, the organization. And you're going to be in a tough meeting with a bunch of people. It's like, you got this, you know? And so, so that that's a, so you're going back in time, and you're thinking about that that moment where uh, there was, a, I guess, a feeling of accomplishment. Is that yes. is that is that helpful towards feeling that moment of confidence? Uh, and I guess it helps if if it was something um, because I got this. Sometimes it's not enough for people, right? Sometimes it's just they they don't believe that they got it. So I, yeah. I guess you really have to create that connection. Like the story you described, there was a real emotional connection. There was a, there was fear, there was trepidation, but there was also a connection to your daughter. There was a connection to a charitable cause, um, and and getting out of your comfort zone to to sort of run five k and not not walk it, but actually to to run it. And so mm-hmm. all of that, I guess, has a huge uh, connection of like if you can do that, then speaking in front of people or uh, uh, maybe having a difficult conversation with someone can go, okay, I, I know I've, I've, I've been in situations where I pushed myself, such as that run for the cure, and I was able to accomplish this. And you, you remember that memory. And it's, I guess it just gives you that, that shot of adrenaline. Yes, it gives you a physical feeling. So when I tell you mm-hmm. that story, and I've told people that story many times, Every time I tell that story, I get that physical feeling. I feel in, in my chest, I, I feel right. powerful. I feel like I could get out and run right now, you know, and, and it just gives me energy. It gives me a boost. And, and that, and my brain doesn't know that I'm not going to go and run, that I'm going into a difficult meeting with right. some difficult peers. My brain will think, oh, yeah you're all that in a bag of chips, right? You know, like, so my brain is going to say, wow, you know, and it does, it's not applicable to the situation, right? But your brain is functioning on you are a winner, you overcome fear, you do all these things. So it doesn't have to be a story about, well, I was in a meeting like this last week, and it was fine. That that can work. But these Mm -hmm. other more dramatic things, you know, whether it was, um, you know, when when you did a piano recital when you were, you know, eight years old or something, and just that feeling of what that felt like, right? And right. so it's 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 telling your brain that all is good, that you are in charge. It sounds it sounds like the emotional connection is really, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here. It's just, it sounds like that emotional connection is really important to the event. So maybe you did well at a meeting last week that was difficult and it was fine, but there wasn't the investment as the stories you're sharing here, which is there's more there's more of you invested in it. So it the the trigger I guess is deeper. I guess for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, another thing that that I I 
you know, we speak for corporations and, and uh, you know, other groups, but we're going to be speaking at, uh, at the University of Toronto. Um, we've been hired to do a later life uh, learning series, and that's for people 55 plus. And, you know, we're talking about neuroscience, we're talking about the brain, we're talking about all of those things, because there are, and you don't have to be 55 to do this, but there are people who their life just shrinks so much that, you know, your brain can shrink along with it, right? If you're just staying in your comfort zone, only mm. seeing the same people, living in the same place, playing the same golf course, you know, doing everything the same, your brain is not being challenged. And when we think about memory issues and, and, and you know, brain things that happen as you age, to get around that, it's having new experiences and trying new things and being out of your comfort zone. It's it's this is medically proven that this is how you live to a ripe old age. And this is right. also about happiness, right? You know, people that are trying new things and meeting new people, it it comes back to happiness to your brain, which isn't, you know, your brain tells you if you're happy or not, right? Right. Uh, this is this is this is good. I, I now realize I, I better uh, <laughs> I got to get out of my comfort zones here. Uh, this is a really good lesson. It, and it, I guess this is what that plasticity is, is that we're, we're yes. expanding our brain as we uh, get out of our comfort zone, challenge ourselves a bit more, uh, learn more and I guess grow, grow more. And it says as we grow more, our brain grows. Uh, yeah. So if I can just tell you one thing yeah. about that um, neuroplasticity. So if there's neural pathways that are just like a road, right? You know, so if you're thinking about when we drove to work all the time, how you drove to work and you didn't even have to think about how you got there mm. because that road was just paved into your brain, you know, like it was just like one track. If right. you start going a different way to work, it's like you're going off that into like a gravel road or maybe an unpaved un trail, you know? And so your brain has to think, has to be more alert. You're not aware of how the lights are timed and is there a school zone and all of that. But as you're going off, if you're going a different way to work, you're building a different path in your brain. You're mm -hmm. actually exercising your brain. So right. driving to work a different way is exercising your brain. Walking around the grocery store the opposite way is exercising your brain. It's a new neural pathway. And right. so it's as simple as that. It's, it's taking yourself off automatic. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it's switching to, I guess someone who drives manual as opposed to an automatic car, they're, they're, fun, they're, they're keeping their brain going while they're driving. Absolutely. And <laughs> everything you can think of and whether it's, you know, the kind of books you read, right. what you watch, you know, mm -hmm. just look at things differently. And, mm -hmm. and that's how the brain is stimulated and is, is healthier and more powerful. And then those things, all impact other parts of your life too, right? When your brain is stronger, you know, your emotions are are in a different state as well. Well, I guess, and this boils down to, again, to the idea of, I think, full circle here about confidence. You're going to feel more confident as <laughs> as your brain is growing and, and you are realizing you're dealing well with challenges and you're continuously challenged. You get more comfortable as your brain continues to grow, I guess. And that gives you more confidence for the diverse situations you could be in. Absolutely. And back to mm -hmm. that idea of the comfort zone that you mentioned earlier. 
So, you know, we live in our comfort zone, our comfort of the people that we associate with, the kind of work we do, where we live, what we eat, everything. And so when we're in that comfort zone, we're not challenging ourselves mm. and we don't need confidence. We don't need any of those things. And right outside the confident of the comfort zone is the fear zone. And when you're out of your comfort zone, you move into fear. Remembering right. fear is false evidence appearing real, unless it is really dangerous. And you should double right. check that, right? If you're going right. to start, you know, <laughs> snowboarding at age 80, you might want to think twice about that. Could right. Maybe you should be fearful. But, you know, you move out of fear into the learning zone. And once you learn, you know, then you move into the growth zone. And then your comfort zone just expands. Right. Yeah. And so then you're confident in a larger part of your life and and so forth. And, so, you know, it keeps going on. Right. F fascinating, Diane, because this is so valid for where sometimes we're, we're fearful to to make a change or to, to make those changes. And uh, then realizing we are in more control of it than <laughs> than we realize. Yeah. So, when, you know, we're talking about confidence in neuroscience. Like neuroscience really applies to change management, mm -hmm. you know, just the whole idea of the large changes in organizations and how people don't want to get out of their comfort zones and they're full of fear and they resist change and then they make it go back the old way. And so the change fails, you know, it impacts employee engagement, you know, like how people think about the workplace productivity, you know, like just understanding neuroscience and the impact that it can have impacts so many aspects of what a leader is responsible for today as mm -hmm. their own personal confidence, but also, you know, the neuroscience of everyone that you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a, this is, you know, a great aha about continue to challenge ourselves and how much, how much control and power that we have. And I like this, which is um, a thought is just a chemical process and to be able to think of it that way and that that's really helpful we're going to take a break for our ad uh and then when we come back diane uh, this will give you about a minute to think of your failure ta-da story if you're ready <laughs> okay right, we'll thank right, you we'll be right back hi i'm joy newhold and we'll be right back to our interview when i started the great canadian training and consulting company in 2002 i never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast so first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much we also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. And we're back with Diane Crawford, and we're talking about neuroscience and confidence. It's been a fascinating topic, uh, as we talked about. Again, a thought is a chemical process. That's my big takeaway so far from this. That's so empowering. Uh, let's switch gears now. And if you're ready, Diane, uh, we're going to we have a little segment on our show that we like to call "Failure 
Ta-da! And this is where what might have felt like a failure at the time was really more of a, of a learning lesson. Uh, so it went from ta-da to aha. Uh, do you mm -hmm. have something that you could share with us? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I managed a, a lot of people across Canada and I had quite a large group in the Calgary office. Mm. And I like to, as part of my management style, I would go and visit people and, you know, I'd go in the coffee room and talk to them and get to know them. And, and I was speaking to a young man named Darcy and he was telling me a few things about what were going, what was going on. He was very uh, junior processing clerk. And so when I went to do my presentation to the hundred staff that afternoon and talking about, you know, what was going on in the future. And I said, you know, when Darcy told me mm -hmm. this, this, and that, and I said, and that was, you know, really interesting. And I smiled at Darcy and, and, you know, fine, finished the presentation. And I got an email from Darcy oh. um, that said, please never point me out and use my name in public. Um, I was very uncomfortable uh -huh. and uh, please don't do it again. And I realized, I, I felt heartbroken because, you know, mm -hmm. it's a really great employee and um, I've always talked to him and got along really well. But what I hadn't realized is who he was, you know, an extreme mm -hmm. introvert that really valued his privacy, that really was not one to get out and about and talk to people and ate lunch by himself and those types of things. So me putting him in the spotlight really right. didn't respect his values. And right. I, I felt awful, but what I learned is, you know, what I think is a great idea is one thing, but I have to think of the other person that I'm drawing into this. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh, thank you so much. Uh, that's, that is a, you know, that is a, such a good example about, you think you're doing the right thing and you, uh, but it's not the right thing for that person. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so that's that's a great example, and and I think we've all we've all been there where we've maybe singling out someone, uh, thinking we're giving them the praise, uh, and then afterwards they've they've come up to me and said, "Why are you? Why do you keep mentioning my name? Why are you singling me out?" And, and they just feel, it's all they hear. They just feel it being singled out. So, yeah. great example of that. Uh, Diane, this has been fascinating as we talked about neuroscience of confidence. Um, I'm sure. I mean, we just touched the surface of this. Uh, so I'm sure people have more questions or thoughts or would love to uh, maybe ask you a bit more about this. How can people get in touch with you and maybe uh, get a little more information about this? Well, our website is uh, thevoyageinc.com. So just like it sounds, T-H-E-V-O-Y-A-G-E-I-N-C.com. And I'm Diane at thevoyageinc.com with one N. So, um, yeah, you can get a hold of me and I'd love to talk about this, even if uh, if you have, you know, opinions, thoughts, feel free to contact me. And I'm on LinkedIn, too. Lovely. Diane, thank you so much for your time and for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. I've really had a great time. And now it's time for our three stars, No Trois Etoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you could start to put into practice. Number three, expand your zone. We start in our comfort zone and then we have some anxiety that takes us to our place of fear. But out of that fear, we start to learn. We start to grow. 
we start to move out of that place of fear or anxiety. So your comfort zone has just expanded. And the tool that Diane was talking about, the circle of confidence, was to bring yourself out of that place of fear or anxiety to a place of confidence by thinking of a time that you accomplished a task, maybe a physical feeling or something that gave you energy. As Diane shared her example of running that 5K, it was not something she wanted to do or thought that she could do. And she surprised and delighted herself and also connected emotionally with her daughter by doing that experience. And she uses that trigger when she's gonna do something like public speaking as an example. Number two, challenge your brain. Challenge it, but for example, by taking a different route, driving home, or even a different route at the grocery store. With simple challenges, your brain grows. Change it up, force your brain to be active. And as Diane also shared in our later life, it's so important to challenge our brain. As our own world gets smaller, our brain gets smaller. And number one, a thought is a chemical process. It's about the brain and your thoughts are chemicals. We can manage the chemicals. We think our brain is telling us, but it's actually us that could tell our brain. All right, not sure yet if you can apply these three stars in business or in life, then try this next step. Take a breath. You're resetting your brain. If you're not getting enough oxygen, your brain is not functioning. Think about that when you're in a moment of fear or anxiety and push the reset button by taking a breath for your brain. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you and we will see you next episode.